Welcome to the Learning Outside the Lines podcast. I'm Ann Ryan, your host, homeschool mom of four, and passionate about education and helping our children learn best. In today's episode, I want to share my excitement and motivation from attending a recent state homeschool conference. I attended the HSC conference in San Jose, California last weekend, and it was a fabulous experience, as most homeschool conferences usually are. So I just wanted to share a few takeaways from that conference that can benefit anyone. And I really want to just share some of the things that I learned, some of the things that you can take away as a resource, and to encourage you, if you get an opportunity in the future, to attend a local homeschool conference if at all possible. First off, homeschool conferences are great for affirming why you decided to take your child out of institutional education and take charge of their education. You can always find parents with a huge variety of reasons to homeschool, from health issues, learning disabilities, gifted children, traveling families, children that are athletes or actors or have a special interest. Just about any kind of homeschooler you can imagine are usually at these diverse kinds of conferences. And it's wonderful and motivating to talk with these parents that all ultimately really want what's best for their children. Even if they don't have a lot of local immediate support in their area and can often feel like a minority in their community, which many of us do, even if we do have a large homeschool support group in our area, we often feel like the minority. But really, homeschooling The community is growing, it's vibrant, it's strong, and it is incredibly insightful because we are taking the time to dig deeper into what our children need, what we need, what works best for us. And it is such an incredible, empowering experience to talk with other homeschool parents, as well as just really a motivating experience. It's also a really safe place to share things that we may not feel like we can share in other arenas. We may not feel like it's a real safe or supportive place in our neighborhood or maybe our, our local groups that, of kids that our kids hang out with, such as their sports or dance or things like that. We really can't share some of the challenges or struggles or even successes that we experience with our kids in some of those environments. But really, at a homeschool conference, everybody is doing that. Everybody's in the same boat. And it is such a great place to be able to share successes and challenges and unique challenges that normally we really wouldn't get a lot of feedback on in maybe a local place. But at these kinds of situations, you have people that are homeschooling for such a variety of reasons and have had years and years of experiences that they can pull from to share what has worked, what hasn't worked, things to try. And that is one of the great takeaways from conferences like this. It's just that you have such a wealth of information and experience to draw from. Now, one of the great experiences of this conference that I was able to draw from was Temple Grandin was the keynote speaker. And if you don't know who Temple Grandin is, she is an autistic woman who went on to invent incredible things. She went on to become a professor. And ultimately, she is an autism advocate. 
and a strong proponent of working with children in their special ways that they learn and see and process things. And ultimately, that is what she reminded us of at this conference. And that is sometimes it's really hard for us as parents and other adults to figure out how our children learn, see, and process things. It's really difficult sometimes to figure that out, especially when they're in a classroom setting. And even at home, it really takes a lot of interaction, questioning, and especially observation so that we can begin to figure out what makes our kids tick. How do they process things? How do they see things? How do they learn? And even if we realize that we aren't the best ones to help them or teach them, then once we figure out what kind of learner they are, we can find mentors, classes, teachers, role models, and other like-minded groups to support them. And she was just a wonderful advocate and reminder of the fact that many kids struggle and we don't know why they're struggling. And that's because they all have different minds. All of our children learn differently. And some have a lot more struggles than others. And if we can figure out what makes them tick, what makes them special in how they learn, that is a huge hurdle to get over. And then they can be helped and then they can be supported. I would encourage you, if you haven't seen the Temple Grandin movie, it is on Amazon Prime for free. You can watch it there. I'm sure it's other places as well, but I do know that it's free on Amazon Prime and it's definitely worth your time to watch that just to see how she overcame some of her obstacles and the process that she went through. She also has an incredible amount of books out there. You could get them from your library or um, Audible or purchase them. She has a wide variety of books. Some of them are about her experiences and some have great exercises in them for kids to work through so that they can work with their hands. That's one of the biggest things that I really thought was very insight- insightful that she spoke about was the fact that so many things are on computers this, these days. For example, you know, she talks about designing things and she sees everything visually. She can see things step-by-step visually and that's one of her strengths. That's one of her key gifts. And she was talking about how so many things are done on computers and engineers will put all these numbers and all these things into, into a computer and it will spit out the final design. But nobody's ever actually seen and gone through the process of actually building it. They've just put in all the specs and all the details and all the information and just expect this magical you know, design or this, this uh, blueprint to pop out of the computer and it should work and it should be functional. But many cases, it's not. It's not functional. And that's one of her strengths is that she can look at one of these designs and she can tell what is wrong with it because she can see the whole process in her mind and pick out places where that design has a flaw or that design will fail. And that is one of the things that she said she has consulted on many times is that companies have built these you know, machines or these processes and they don't work. And they will hire her to come in and she will walk through it and she can tell them, 
this is what's wrong because nobody actually walked through and visually saw the whole entire process. And that's a great thing that she reminded us of is that even if you can do something with the computer, even if you can put a process in and it can spit out the results, one of the things that she said she does is when she hires interns or new employees is that she makes them do everything by hand for the first three months so that they get a real feel, a hands-on sense of how the whole process works. Because when you're designing by hand and you're measuring and you're going through that process, you get a different sense of of the whole experience than if you're just putting in numbers into a computer program and it's spitting them out. And that's just a really good reminder is that we have to think about learning and how we process information in different ways. Just because we know that we can make it easier and do something with a computer program or with some other app or something, that doesn't mean that we shouldn't look at the the process from a different way and maybe experience it in a different way. Do it by hand. Walk through the process. Do it visually. Do it um, auditory. Whatever it takes. Look at it from different perspectives and see if that works better or differently or just what that what that enables you to learn. So again, just she's just a great advocate and someone that I think that we can all learn from. So again, if you have the opportunity, I would encourage you to watch the movie, maybe pick up a book or two and check those out as well. And related to what I learned from Temple Grandin was a theme of self-directed learning was at this conference in many of the different sessions and in some of the discussions. And self-directed learning is really gaining a much better understanding and more are embracing really what it means. And sometimes it's really hard to break free from the school standards and kind of the, the what we're supposed to be doing or what the grade levels are supposed to be doing. And we, we get stuck in that mentality. And it's really hard to break free from that. But when you do, when you can finally break free from that, it's really empowering and it can be really freeing to really get loose of that and then start to embrace really what a self-directed education really is all about. Now, self-directed education is for all ages. It's not, I know some of us really focus on it for older kids, but really it's for all ages, even though let's say an eight-year-old still needs direction from a parent to learn basic skills like math and reading and things like that, they can still take on a lot of, of decision-making and a lot of the direction that they go themselves. They can choose an interest or they can find a theme that they want to work from and they can find resources about that interest from a variety of sources, whether that's books or movies or games or people to talk with or even games to play. And we can use their interest and their motivation as a part of a very successful education plan. And we can support them by offering maybe hints or ideas if they aren't sure which direction to go. And obviously we can give them our time. We don't need to rush the process because we're on our own schedule. We're not on a school schedule. You can school year round if you want. You can stick with a subject for really as long as the child needs to or wants to. Self-directed learning was really a big theme and it was just really uh, very 
encouraging and motivating to hear that theme throughout the conference and kids really just focusing on what they really wanted to learn and what they needed to learn, not only for their goals, but just the more interested they are, the more they're learning, the more they're retaining, the more meaningful that the learning is when they are really invested in it and they're really interested in it. And that was really a great thing to see and hear about. Finally, I gave a workshop on making books and foldables to encourage writing and learning. That was the title of the session. And really this session was just about giving alternatives to the typical ways that we have kids write and record data. It was giving alternatives to just writing on pieces of paper and in your typical notebook or composition books. And basically I shared examples of some of these foldables and some of these different little tools that parents could use. And we obviously made some super simple foldables in the session. But what I really wanted to share was that the handout that I used for this session is on my website at thelearningoutsidetheline.com. And it is free for all. You don't have to sign up for anything. It's just one of the blog posts titled uh, Making Books and Foldables to Encourage Writing and Learning. And all the links are clickable. So you can just click on all the links and there is just a great set of resources for you. So I just wanted to share that. It is a lot based on Dinah Zyke. If you've ever heard of her, she's been around for many, many years. And one of her books is a free PDF, the whole book. So there's a link for that as well as her website, as well as just other books like Scholastic Books and some of the other books that I've used over the years, as well as uh, books that I found that were just really good resources. And some of them are free, some of them are our um, Amazon uh, links just so that you can see what they are. Maybe your library has them. And the other thing is there's a few uh, YouTube videos on there. And so there's just a variety of resources that I just wanted to make available to my listeners and to anyone that, that was interested. Because really, anytime you can make learning a little bit more fun or a little bit more interesting, that's what it's all about. You know, this will appeal to some kids and it won't appeal to others. This is just another resource out there that if your child likes the hands-on kinds of things and the different uh, types of resources that they can really delve into little books and little foldables and little different ways to record their information, then this resource is for you. I think I mentioned in another episode that I was going to be interviewing some homeschool high schoolers, and I did do that, and I have some incredible interviews coming up in the next month. In September, I'm going to focus on high school and some of these interviews, as well as some other issues around high school and homeschooling resources that we can use for our high school students. So thank you so much for taking the time to listen today. I hope in the near future, if you get the opportunity to attend a homeschool conference, either in person or even a virtual one that are becoming more popular, that you'll do that because I do think they're very valuable. So again, thank you so much for taking a little bit of time out of your day to listen. And I hope you picked up a few bits of information that you can use. I hope you'll subscribe to the podcast so you'll know when the next episode is released. And look me up on Facebook at the Learning Outside the Lines podcast. I share articles and links and other resources throughout the week on that page. And I also hope you'll check out my website, 
learningoutsidethelines.com, where I share links to show notes as well as different blog posts that may be of interest to you. In the meantime, don't be afraid to go outside the lines.